What is up, everybody? This is Toffee Blues USA, your source for all things Everton American style. Uh, Jerry, back with you again, uh, coming to you uh, taped from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and joining me for, uh, for another, you know, he's a glutton for punishment. So, yeah, joining me for another round, we've got uh, sports journalist and Cincy Toffee, Jeff Walner. Jeff, Good to have you back, man. Jerry, it's good to good to see you. You said gluttons for punishment. This is an Everton podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why we're here. It's why uh, we're, that's who we are. Well, yeah, not we, not at the moment though. No, not at the moment. no, that's it's kind of a cool thing. Like I I uh, I think it was uh, Paul McAllister who contributes a lot on Toffee Blues, and his brother Terry's on Toffee Blues as well. Uh, Paul said, you know. It's nice to start seeing the uh, the Everton that concepts kind of uh, be given the stiff arm, the Heisman arm, if you will. Uh, yeah, it's that's kind of a cool little, you know, because you're sick of it. You're like, no, no, no. We got a nice lead. We're going to hold on to it. It's cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so we are going to get into to more to more football and Everton stuff in just a second, but we did want to do. Uh, Intro with, with Jeff here. I have devised a lightning round for Jeff to ease him back into the program with, uh, you know, strange questions that hopefully tell us more about him. So, yeah. Uh, so, Jeff, wait, it's only 10 and it shouldn't take too much of your life, I assure you. And uh, there's a couple Everton ones, but uh, yeah, it could be about anything, okay? I'm ready. All right. And if you need to take a second, to explain your answer, too bad. <laughs> no, it, that's fine. <laughs> so, I'm like the, the no easiest discussion. game show host. No so I'm just like, <laughs> All right, Jeff, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's begin. Jeff, what's something you like that most other people don't? Oh, wow. Um, that most other people don't. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think uh, I think my musical tastes within the group of people that I'm surrounded by on a daily basis is rather unique. I'm surrounded by a lot of country music fans, and I like a lot of British alternative music and a lot of Brit pop and Brit punk, and uh, so my music's somewhat unique to them. So um, I'll say that, even though it's it is very popular, but. I was going to say, that's like a cool answer, man. It's like, it's like <laughs> oh, it's a shame I'm the cool guy in the group. You know, <laughs> you know somebody has to set the standard. You know? <laughs> oh, man. It's, that is not what I was expecting. I'll put it that way. All right. So uh, question two, if you played football, soccer, whatever you want to call it on this program, I'm fine with either one, uh, what position would you play? Um, what position would I play? You know, this, this is probably going to surprise you, but I've always, when I'm watching matches, I am, I'm fascinated by goalkeepers. So a lot of, a lot of people I think would answer striker or midfielder. Mm -hmm. Um, I would probably be a 
keeper. I've got height, I've got length, and uh, I just, I don't know. I'll go, with, awesome. I'll go with keeper. Yeah. Yeah, and we've got the, uh, the tradition of American keepers. That's, yeah, that works. Uh, so, um, question three, which club's supporters bother you the most besides the, the obvious answer to this? Besides the obvious, um, well, obviously the, I, I guess I would go with, uh, I would go with the second obvious, which would be United, um, you know, because I, because, you know, but, but I'm, I, I feel for them because I, I'm so glad that the, you know, this dark period in their history that lasted about maybe three or four months is now over. So, but yes, um, probably United fans. And then if I had to throw another one in, interestingly on social media, West Ham fans, just, I don't know what it is, but they, they, they tend to, uh, <laughs> they tend to churn some things up on social media for, for whatever reason. So You're I not a big, fa- not a big fan of Tina. <laughs> Tina, the West Ham fan. She's right. she, she, she doesn't like us. She's <laughs> yeah. Oh no. All right. So, okay. Uh, so next question, Godfather one or two. Oh, um, I'd, I'd say one it's been, it's been years since I've seen either, but the first one's always better. I always, I always have trouble with that question because it's always the most recent one I've seen. I'm like, Oh, that is good. You know? So it's like, it's, uh, so this is out of left field. This is the first question I wrote down because it's the most random one I could think of. Jeff, what's your favorite flower? My favorite flower see it's so wow. random you had to ask me to repeat it. <laughs> that's a that's a very odd question um i bring the thunder if you will it's you know i, I you know what i'll say a, i'll say a red rose just because that's my go-to on wedding anniversaries <laughs> there's nothing wrong pretty much anything else so yes um red rose. okay I, I hate I, to. Oh, wait a minute! I used the color red, so I apologize for that. I, I didn't think my answer through. Ah, uh, that's. <laughs> I'll just go with just a rose. Just a of, rose, of, yes. Of any color, a rose of any color. By any other name. All right. So, number six. What team in U.S. pro sports is most like Everton? Out of all the sports, because I know you cover a range, you know. So it's sort of. I'm curious what you think. And I know you're from Ohio, so I'm curious if you'll go with an Ohio <laughs> no, you know, interesting. Interestingly, I just had a similar conversation with uh, a friend in Liverpool who we were, we were direct messaging during the uh, NFL playoffs, and we were kind of talking about that. And you know what I've arrived at? The Dallas Cowboys. And, and the reason I've arrived at that is that the Cowboys are still called America's team. Obviously Everton had that moniker there for a short while. Um, the recent success kind of mirrors because the Cowboys last won a Super Bowl in 95 year of our last trophy. And also it's a team that has a ton of tradition, legendary head coaches, a lot of success over their history, but in recent years has, uh, has struggled a little bit. So Dallas and they're blue. So. Wow. Uh, I am, uh, yeah, I, I ha- I, if this were a longer conversation, I'd be like, hold on, here's why I disagree. 
But honestly, I don't have a better answer. So there's that. Um, <laughs> uh, next, which country's cuisine is your favorite? Um, Italian. Italian? Italian. What's your, what's your go-to when you go to an Italian restaurant? Um, it, it, any, vari- any variation of Italian. Um, yeah, just, just good pasta. Good, good home, good homemade pasta. Nice. And if you go to a, there's a restaurant here in Cincinnati that, that makes her pasta on site, there's nothing better. Awesome. Oh, okay. Carlo Question. would appreciate that. I bet. I bet. Um, if you were a member of the Fellowship of the Ring, who, are you, who would you be? Okay, this is, this is going to be a, 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 probably a ridiculous answer in the minds of many, but I have I'll no idea what you're talking about. Are you serious? I have no idea what you're talking about. That I do is- not... That is an incredible answer. I love it. So I do not. Are you please familiar? explain? Are you? Fi- I'm so excited. Is it a how? Is it a Harry Potter thing or what? It, what, what is? I'm not. Have you ever uh, um, heard of the Lord of the Rings? Books? The Lord of the Rings. Yes, books? I have. Or 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 movies. But I am not. No, I have not seen the movies or follow that no that's such a good answer i'm so excited because that tells me that adds that that adds that adds layers that adds layers it's good that you i'm excited because that tells me i want to know i want to know if there's anyone else out there who's watching this who is in the same boat that i am there's a lot of or if i'm the complete outlier if i'm the complete outlier then that's fine Please, please make sure that Jeff knows that he's not the complete outlier. Or at Help least, me out, please. <laughs> that's the kind thing to do. Don't leave me uh, on an island. And, and to be honest with you, there's probably a, a, a bunch of folk who would come in and be like, you know what? I know what you're talking about. I've read and seen the movies and I think they're awful and boring. So yeah. So it could be that they're saying you didn't miss anything anyway, Jeff. You know? So okay. I, I do like that stuff. But <laughs> All right. So this one I know you're into. Question nine. Jeff, who's your favorite Beatle? My favorite Beatle? Um, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Paul. Um, but I would have liked to have hung out with Ringo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Paul's my favorite Beatle, although I did just read James Patterson's the last days of John Lennon. And that book is absolutely amazing. Anyone who is a Beatle fan, it's a must read. Um, so a great appreciation for a greater appreciation for Lennon. Um, but uh, yeah, if I had to choose, I would say, uh, I would say Paul McCartney. Nice. Uh, and uh, I have come up with a different question. So, sorry. My first, my, my initial question I wrote down, I, you know, I think it's a little too easy. So I'm going to go with something a little different as my final question. Jeff, when they make the Everton movie, when they do one day, who, what actor is going to play Carlo Ancelotti? Wow. Um, that's a, that's a really good one. <laughs> that's a really good one. 
because I had some trouble. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to picture. Um, I don't know. It's crazy, but the first thing that came to my mind was Al Pacino. But that's. Uh, I agree. I, I totally that came to my mind. You that's know? because nothing really, nothing really better came to mind. Um, I'm trying to picture of a gray-haired actor who maybe looks similar, but um, but obviously the movie would if if you're if it's about if it's about Ancelotti, then obviously it's including a younger Ancelotti, and then I, oh. I think Pacino could I think Pacino could play well, Ancelotti during his playing days. Well, well, here's the thing: if it's an Everton movie where Ancelotti's the manager, then Pacino mm-hmm. can handle that role regardless. Right. So yeah, I. I, I think it works. I think Pacino as Ancelotti works. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Interesting stuff. Still smiling over over Lord of the Rings. Okay, let's move yeah, on. I can't believe you put me you put me on the spot. So I thought it was going to be a bunch Jeff. of footballer music questions or something. No, way. no, I had to mix it up with all kinds Don't of stuff. Scary. It's. Don't <laughs> all right next next topic all right now we are going to move on to our our thoughts on uh everton's most recent match uh which uh if you haven't if you don't know the result you should just not pay attention to me for the next few seconds uh it's a 2-1 everton win over wolves so yeah it's nice uh so Jeff, let's let's talk about this one. Um, I've got a list of topics to talk about, and honestly, I feel like most of them are are worthwhile. But it's kind of hard to get past uh, a starting topic, uh, which was, I think, the biggest talking point going into the game, which was the lineup and formation. When you saw that lineup and the, that combination of players. Were you like me? Where you're like, how are we doing this? What is it, what is the plan here? You know, because I I definitely did that little, you know, <laughs> like whoa 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 whoa, what's the deal? You know, were, were you like me on that? I was. I, I I think I I I honestly had more apprehension before the team news came out um, because I was obviously concerned that we weren't going to have Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, yeah. And potentially Richarlison. Now I knew DCL was out, obviously. We knew that Richarlison was going to be more of a uh, of a late call. Mm-hmm. Um and I was concerned that uh, we were going to have both of them out and, and how you know how that would go. But then to see, okay, Richie's on Richie's on the bench, obviously fit enough to be on the bench. Okay, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And then you see the lineup you see the lineup and, and your initial thought is, okay, well, what's, what's the, for, what's the formation? What, how, how's this going to play out? Yeah. And to see Hamas up top and Sigurdsson and Dina moving over uh, to, to the left wing and, but you kind of watched it play out and it wasn't half bad. There were, there were periods of that match where, uh, things got a little bit messy. Um, we can talk about Tom Davies in a bit, um, but 
it really worked. And I think it's just another of many occasions over the past year and a half where we've put our faith into Carlo Ancelotti and he hasn't let us down. And, and the players haven't let us down because I think Luca Dina said after the game, he said, you know, Carlo, Carlo said, this is the way we're going to play this. And the players bought in, went out and executed the system and came away with a win, another win on the road. Um, just really impressive. And I didn't, we didn't see, I wanted to, I was kind of excited to see Hamas kind of build into the match and, and for him to get some opportunities um, to score. But obviously he, he impacted the match and in other ways as he typically does. Um, but it, yeah, I went into it with a lot of apprehension, but I think when the team news came out, I was more intrigued than anything. And then kind of watching it play out on the pitch in those first few minutes, kind of relaxed a little bit and said, you know, and even when, even when the goal was conceded, you, you felt like, you felt like they we were going to come away uh, with a, a win in this match. It just kind of felt that way. Uh, the way things were playing out. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, I, I just remember like, I, I was checking my phone, like I was on the road for a shoot for my job. So we were doing interviews and we were all over the road. So I'm sitting there checking my phone and I see the lineup come across and, and I do the little mini freak out and I'm like, what combination, what is the thought here? Cause I'm like, okay, is Luca Dean going to be left back? And is he throwing Godfrey into one of the center mid positions? Uh, how is this going to play out? I, I did not know. And it's not, it is not what I imagined. And, you know, I don't think I would have thought that. And I think a lot of times, I think if we'd have took, taken a loss on that, um, I think it would have been a lot of people talking square pegs, round holes. What are we doing? You know, um, which it's interesting to see that kind of preparation and see it turn out, you know, tactically, you know, stuff worked out, but also the players have to know their roles in that scenario. You know, doesn't it kind of lend to, and I know we probably are not unlike any other fan base where it doesn't matter really what lineup, is, is presented by a manager, there's always going to be some level of fume over that. And Evertonians are, are certainly no, no. no different. And sometimes <laughs> I catch myself fuming over an Ancelotti lineup and, and I realize that I am in no position as a mortal human to, uh, <laughs> to question Carlo Ancelotti's lineups. Um, but I think what that match shows, though, is it shows that everyone adapted everyone had an idea and maybe this, this plays into the quality of Carlo Ancelotti as a manager. Everybody had an idea of what their role was. Everybody had an idea of what they needed to do. Mm -hmm. And it was all about just individuals adapting, going out, making the plays you need to play, you need to make and, and coming away with a result regardless of the combination of players or the formation I think sometimes we, we make too much of that because it comes down to professional footballers going out and doing what they need to do. 
And you see a guy like Andre Gomes come on late and make an immediate impact. Yeah. And I don't know where that left foot came from. You um, know? <laughs> but and, and you see guys just doing what they need to do. Luke, Luke Adina doing what he needed to do. Ben Godfrey continuing to just, right. no matter where he is, um, deliver for us. And it was really, it was one of the more encouraging wins that we've had under Carlo Ancelotti when you consider what we were facing with the players available to us. But, but that's been the theme of this year, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, over the big picture underlying kind of moral story of this, this whole season is players and Ancelotti adapting around players being out and everybody being flexible and just figuring out a way to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a buy-in and there's a, I, I, the only word I've got for it is mentality. Mm-hmm. I, there's a serious mentality shift. Um, look at the players. How many players have upped their game this season? How many players – I mean, you can see them in this game, you know? Mm-hmm. It will be. You know, mm-hmm. you look at Keane, who is, by the way, every single – I feel like I come on the show every time after a game. I'm like, can you – and I'm just like, can you believe Michael Keane's passing? Can you believe how he splits, you know, you know just bypasses lines? And he just – he's putting these crossfield balls on uh, – he played one across to Iwobi, uh in the uh, – uh, it was the first half and, and he put it right, right on his leg, right on his foot. And my kid looked around and was like, you see that? And I was like, I know. Right. <laughs> it was just, it was so nice. And it, yeah. you know, and uh, I mean, I would even, I would throw, I would say Yerry Mina has upped his consistency. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, the, the players are their confidence and yeah. they're buying in and they feel good about themselves. They feel good about each other. Um, there, tr- there's trust. There, at the end of the game, we've got a one-goal lead. It's not as much of a, oh, oh, when's it gonna come? When's it? When are we gonna? When are we gonna Everton this? There's, that's not that's not their mentality anymore. Yeah, right. every once in a while it happens, but it's not as not nearly as frequent. And I, I, I go right. into a fin- a final ten minutes with a lot more confidence than I used to. Is there? Well, you, does it does it still linger, Jeff? Yes, it does. But well, of course, <laughs> of course. That's 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 just you know that's that's who we are. That's that's ingrained <laughs> to us. But but you know, if you're making a list of the players who have improved under Carlo Ancelotti, you you listed them out: uh, Yeri Mina, Michael Keane, Alex Awobi, um, at times Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yes. You, you know, can say that the more polarizing uh, figures that we have uh, on the club at the moment, but, and then, and then of course, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, <laughs> so, but, but everyone collectively has, 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 has improved um, under Carlo Ancelotti. And we just, yeah, like you said, it's, it's just, it's just a mentality. It's, it's a belief. It's a belief in each other. It's, it's, a confidence in, 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 and they're just, I think they're just, they're better prepared to go out and play every match. Does that, does that mean it's always going to go perfect? No. Uh, we don't have the world, the world-class players 
up and down the roster like a lot of clubs have. We certainly don't have the depth on the bench that maybe other, you know, some other clubs have. But through everything, we're we're standing fifth at the moment. Mm -hmm. And dare I say it, we're what a point off Champions League places or two points off Champions League places. It, it it's amazing considering the injuries that we've had in that period mm-hmm. where we had the injuries and the suspensions. And Carlo Carlo's expression on the pitch line, Carlo's expression in press conferences doesn't change. No. We're all out here panicking. Carlo Ancelotti isn't panicking. When your manager isn't panicking, your players aren't panicking. Right. And they go out every match and they do their jobs mm-hmm. as professionals. And, and that's, that's what we're seeing. They go out, they put in a shift. And as Evertonians, that's all we ever want um, is we want to see our players go out and put in a shift and play for the badge. And mm-hmm. I think right now they're playing for the badge. They're also playing for Carlo Ancelotti. And that's, that's what we want. Yeah. Um, let's talk about strong performers in this one. Uh, obviously, we, you know, it will be got the early goal. Keen got the late goal. Um, when you watch that one, who really, who sticks out for you though? Because it's easy to just go goal scorer. You know what I mean? But it, there's some, uh, there's some, there's definitely, I think there's some other players where you can take a yeah. look and say, you know what, they did well. Well, yeah, what it's all about for, for this team, I think, right now is you don't look at the guys who scored the goals. You look, you, you're starting to notice the guys that make the goals possible. Yeah. And I mentioned Gomes. I think I saw a stat, and I, I think this is right. If, if I'm not, someone can correct me. But I think I saw a stat where 67% of Gomes' passes are off his right foot. I think this was a David Hughes stat, by the way. Okay. I, saw the I, same I think stat. I saw that correctly. He, he made a graphic that broke down all the Everton players' right and left mm-hmm. foot percentages. And yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, you know, and yeah, Dave, Dave, it was Dave that did that. But so, yeah, that, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And, and off that set piece, the, the set piece amounted to nothing initially, right? And then Gomes gets he wins the ball he gets himself in a good position and he off his left foot put it right on michael Keane's forehead and then the closed down man he was getting closed down how did he whip that ball around the guy and then the first goal you had you had luca dean right and then james you know james with just the perfect the perfect delivery as as we've seen james do all year Mm-hmm. And then a Wobie in the right position with uh, a clinical strike. Um, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll focus on, on Luca Dina because <laughs> I still can't believe the guy's back. I know. <laughs> and, and I know that, that sports medicine is, is a far cry now from what it was even five or 10 years ago, just what they can do with guys. But his, by all accounts, his ankle was tore up. And he's back. And not only is he back, but he's playing, he's playing as well or better than he was when he was first injured. Typically, when a guy has an injury like that, part of the, part of the issue with coming back is mental. 
you're, you're not really confident on the ankle and you need a little time to kind of not be afraid you're going to hurt it again or something. Um, he looked phenomenal and four assists in nine games. And I had, let's see, I got it right here. So four assists in nine games, the only better, the only players that are better than that is Kerry Kane, Bruno Fernandez, Kevin De Bruyne, and Jack Grealish. And who are they? You know, and who are they? <laughs> who well, are a few of them two? are members of my fantasy league team. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, tremendous. And then we can talk about Ben Godfrey because I think we all like to talk about Ben Godfrey right now. He's um, just a landmass. He's just, <laughs> I can't, I can't get over. I like, uh, we were watching the game. I mean, my family was watching the game earlier today, uh, recorded and Godfrey hit a guy just, and it wasn't like trying to get a foul. He just bumped into the dude. Dude went flying. My, my, my oldest looks over. That's not a foul, dad. I'm like, I was like, you got to realize he's a pretty powerful dude. All right. So if he goes in, it's going to look worse. And we're playing Wolves, which has a lot of finesse players. So just saying it's, yeah, I could see it being called brother. You know what I mean? It's he's, but I love the fact that he's just, there's this air of don't give a shit about him. Like, I don't care who you are. And that is necessary. We need people like that on the team. He, he has a, not just a, not just an ability with his pace and his strength to, to run a guy down and, and win a ball, but he has a desire and a tenacity, the tenacity to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point, wasn't it down, down, down the right, a guy, uh, you know, Wolves player was, was free down the right. And I, I don't know where Godfrey came from, but ran him down, got his body positioned in front of him and took the ball off his foot. Yeah. It, it was, it, it was amazing. And he's having fun playing. Uh, he's just, he bring, I, th- I think he, he impacts the players around. He has to impact the players around him. Yeah. The other guys on the pitch, see him, see him do that. And how can you not step up your game when you're seeing uh, that young kid do what he's doing? Um, again, the least heralded of the signings. Right. I've said it so many times. Mm-hmm. He came in and everyone said, oh, great, we got Ben Godfrey. There were no billboards and, you know, on Times Square. There were no billboards on boats in Miami. Um, everyone was still talking about James and, and Allen, right? And they're like, oh, great, we got Ben Godfrey good player, highly regarded. Everyone, I think we were all happy to get Ben Godfrey. Did anyone expect what we've gotten? From Not this ben quickly. Godfrey? Not this quickly. No. no. Not at all. Awesome. Yeah. So good. I like the fact that he's there's just a to, there's a total lack of intimidation of any kind. He de, he defers to no one. Uh mm-hmm. he he pissed off. I guess it was Neto. Uh something happened. I didn't catch all of it, but Decore's yellow card. Do you know what I'm talking about? Decore mm-hmm. tripped. Yeah, Neto's on the ground, and he starts he's, – he's screaming at someone. He's screaming at Godfrey. It was Godfrey. And I, it wasn't, I didn't even see what happened. Because I didn't I don't, either. I didn't see Godfrey involved in, in the play, but 
Yeah, he had he had him pretty he had him pretty fired up. Yeah. The guy was screaming at Godfrey. Godfrey, you wouldn't know it. They cut to a shadow Godfrey. He was totally straight faced, just like <laughs> he wasn't screaming back at all. Yeah. It was... Over the past few years, we haven't had players who got under the skin yeah. of other players that that often. Um, usually it's other, you know, players doing that to us. Um, but yeah, he, he got, he had him, he was mad about something. I'm not sure what, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah another tremendous performance by Ben Godfrey and, um, and really everyone. Um, and I don't want to bang on, do you want to talk about Tom Davies or let's, uh, you know what, you know what, mention him, mention him. He, he exists. Of, People talked about him after the game. People talked about him yeah. during the game. What do you think? Yeah. Well, the one thing I'll say about Tom Davis, he's, he's a little, it, I, he's perplexing mm-hmm. um, because there were a few occasions in that match where you see him, he's in good position. He, he wins, he, he'll, he'll win the duel. He'll, he'll, he'll win the ball. And you think great, great job by Tom Davies. Right. And then his pass out is, is horrible. And it creates more danger than what we had initially because of, of where he's giving up the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not that he gives it up and then immediately leads to a chance, but eventually it leads to a chance. And I think didn't his, he yes. lost the ball and it led to the first goal. Yeah, now it didn't it, happen right away. And, and the corner. Yeah. Right. Right. And then the got, um, got beat around the edge, which kind of set up that. That was a strange play because he was going out to cover the guy. He was not prepared for that guy just to make that touch mm-hmm. to the left at all. No. And yeah. you don't see Decore in that position. Normally, he jockeys a lot better. He gets lower, and he's mm-hmm. able to move side to side a lot better. But he went up there, and he, was, he got caught standing up. He was not expecting that dude to, to go left that quickly. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised by that actually but it's a it's it's the simple it's the easy pass and that tom davies needs to make and i don't know what his i don't know what his stats were maybe maybe if you look at the whole match maybe it wasn't and and maybe it's because there's so much focus on him yes i'm I'm guilty i'm guilty of that i'm guilty of that i i catch myself watching sigurdsson and i catch myself watching davies and and kind of after the match, I can say, I can kind of list, okay, here's the mistakes they made. Well, other guys are making mistakes too. Yeah, you, <laughs> you kind of, there's so much focus on one or two guys. Um, but, but Tom Davies is getting an opportunity. He's getting an opportunity because we've had injuries. Um, we don't have the depth. So Tom Davies needs to play. Carlo Ancelotti is showing him a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. So he needs to step up. He he needs to step up his level of play, and just the simple things. It would be it, things wouldn't be, there wouldn't be as much criticism. I think if if he just did the little things, nothing spectacular, just just the little things. Um, so yeah, it's it, you bring up some good points, man. I th- I thought he was sloppy in possession this game. Um, that that corner that he gave up that led to their goal eventually right uh he was cutting off 
at first you're like, oh, wow, good. He's cutting off that cross that's getting to the, the player. It was headed to a player who could have had a shot. But then his leg came around and he knocked it out of bounds. And he right. kind of reached out like, it's okay, man. Right. You know, kind of like. His feet I know just kind of got caught underneath him. Yeah. And it was an unlucky carom because his foot just happened to hit it perfectly and the ball shoots out. Yeah. You know, and you it, know. It, it was, but, but he had so many heavy touches where he would go in, win the ball, and his first touch was too heavy, and at least to someone coming in and just starting, starting the other, you know, transitions yeah. like that. And it just it happened a little more than usual, I think, in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I definitely saw he's he is guilty of uh, maybe some some quick passes that maybe aren't the best option. Um, it does happen. Um, I will say I don't think he's been as bad as this in previous matches right. uh, like recent recently i think he's he's had an uptick in his performances i think um yeah. that that's just an eye test by the way i don't have like a list of stats that tattooed on my arm where i'm like hold on tom davies in you know i don't have that uh, i can just tell you i felt like he was he he was taking care of the ball better and it seemed yeah. like it was a Tom Davies that was being more mindful of his touches. And I felt like this game, he was just a little less careful. Maybe the right. best way that I can say it. Um, but so I, I think a little criticism is fine on him. Um, but I don't think it was the reason, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was that big, that huge of an impact, if that makes sense. Like his yeah. mistakes. Yeah. Um, I even thought Decore didn't have his best game. And he's a player I love, mm. love Decore. All right, but he just didn't have his best game. I thought he got, gave the ball away a decent amount, and uh, just not. I I don't know a guy like him. He's he's an energy guy, and if he if he lets you down on defense uh, even once, it's an oddity. Mm. It just doesn't happen often, in my opinion. But right. So yeah. Um, but anyway. Um, so we're almost done talking about Wolves. Um, I wanted to point out they had no no shots on goal that were actually on frame in the second. The closest one was, I guess it was uh, Ruben Neves hitting the... The volley? Uh, oh, no, there was another. There was a, a free kick hmm. he took. The volley was close to the left side. The volley was beautiful, by the way. Just yeah. going to say it. Yeah. Ruben Neves is a good player. Just saying. Yeah. But no, it was a free kick that, that pegged the... Uh, the post, uh, the right oh, side, right. the right, right upper corner, I think, beautifully struck. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but technically, because it wouldn't have, didn't go in, it wasn't not on goal. Hey, so uh, I, I wanted to say that's that's something our, our guys have been pretty solid at doing is shutting down uh, opportunities in the second half of games lately, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's pretty great. Um, uh, and again, that's comforting. As a as a fan, <laughs> right. um, yeah. So, uh, any final thoughts on this one, Jeff? No, uh, just to, just to reiterate that um, uh, it was one of the more satisfying wins that that we've had this season. I think just all things considered, considering the circumstances with DCL and with Richarlison going on the road against wolves who can, who can be a pesky club at times and certainly have Mm -hmm. been for us. And 
just to see everybody just make the best of the situation they were in and mm-hmm. come through with a win. It's just, it just raises, it raises the confidence level just that much more. Yeah. Um, and I really hope we get a chance to, I really hope we get a chance to play on Sunday um, because I think, I think we're taking a lot of momentum into that match and then we get a little bit of a break from the league and it would be nice to kind of carry momentum into, uh, into a break. So I, mm. I really hope that we play on Sunday because I think the win over Wolves is something we can really, really build off of. Yeah, I'll be curious if, if something happens there with that Sunday match. Um, uh, one last thing on this one. Uh, I saw some people taking screenshots of the end, the last corner of the game showing Yuri Mina's elbow going into uh, someone's uh, was Gibbs White. Uh, it was somebody's head. And they showed just that screenshot of his elbow going into the head saying, that was naughty. And that should have been a red card and that should have been all kinds of stuff. Well, I, I specifically watched for that play, knowing that going in. Okay. And watching the play, I saw two players jump up in the air with their elbows out, their arms out. The player who got hit in the head, his elbows were out as well. However, because Yeri Mina was taller and got up higher, his made connection and the other guy's arm went into, you know, Mina's like chest area. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people were talking, saying that should have been a foul. How did that get overlooked? How did VAR not, not see that? And I'm kind of like, well, if two players go up with their arms out like that, I mean, how do you call that? I don't yeah. really know. And also right before that corner, I watched a player come up to Yerry Mina in, 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 when his back is turned and just shove. A play is over, just comes up to him and does that to his back. Shoves him in the back before the corner. You know what I mean? Just kind of turns around, looks. I don't even remember what player it was. Came up, boom, right in his back. Like the play was over. So I think Mina's getting under people's skin too. Just saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was one of those where I was kind of like, you know, I, because of the contact made, I get it. But when you see it, when you have two players that kind of both go in with the same intention with the arms out, I feel like that's mm-hmm. Premier League corners. I feel like it's every single Premier League corner when both players go out with their arms up. Is that just me or what? Well, there's a lot of jockeying for position and there's a, there's a lot of contact, a lot of contact. You've got some big bodies in there. And and especially when you have Michael Keane and Yerry Mina, uh, those are two, those are two giants in there and Mm -hmm. there's going to be some contact. And the difficult part is that, a lot of times they're the ones who are going to get called for uh, the foul because mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it, they're getting over top of a guy or they're, they're bodying up a guy and obviously they're going to make more, more of an impact with, mm-hmm. with their size. But I don't know. I didn't think, I didn't think really much of that at all. I don't recall the commentators making a huge deal about it. I, I heard much more about that after the game was over. Yeah, I, I, I saw did. A, they replayed it when it happened. I saw the yeah the replays and yeah, but it made me think that VAR looked at it in one way or another. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
anyway, it's just one of those things where, uh, again, in the past, that would have made me, you know, I would have <laughs> expected that call, if that makes sense. So, right. anyway. Yeah. All right. Nice three points. We'll take it. Um, even if uh, even if we didn't get like 80 chances in the game, three points and I'm down with it. I am. I would even say I'm here for it. So there's the next one. Let's do mailbag, Jeff. Is right. This is where really crazy mailbag, you know, music would come in. Yeah, la, la, la. There we go. All right. So these are questions sent in from Instagram and Reddit. Um, so let's start from, and I, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize in advance. I am going to butcher some of these names, these usernames. I'm just saying, so I'm sorry in advance. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, KGBN, uh, nine, two, three, uh, asks if you could have any current U S men's national team or youth player signed for Everton, who would it be? Now, these are currently active players, so you can't say, you know, oh, Tim Howard, you know what I mean? Like, these need to be, like, uh, you know, players that could feasibly, you're thinking, could do a job for Everton. Um, that was my – the thing that was tripping me up, Jeff, was we've got some good, promising young players that I don't think are quite ready for Premier League. Right. Um, that are talented and I think are on a path, but – not quite ready for us. So where do you go with this one? Cause I'm super curious. <laughs> that's, that's a really, it's a really tough question. Um, we had Anthony Robinson um, and had an opportunity to potentially bring him, bring him back. Um, he was a player who I thought was, was making a lot of making a lot of progress. Um, so yeah, there's him. Um, obviously, you you can dream about Everton one day getting a their their own Christian Pulisic. Um, since you know we had Landon Donovan at one time, and obviously Tim Howard. Um, I really like I really like Aronson, um, uh, but uh, Aronson will trap. Um, I could make a lot of people mad though and say that we, you know, Michael Bradley in blue, that <laughs> I don't know if you want to, you know, you want to kind of increase your, uh, your, your viewership. You can, <laughs> yes, guys, this guy wants Michael Bradley at Everton. That'll do it. So I'm imagining talk about polarizing figures. We're, we're sitting here you. talking about Tom Davies and Gilfrey Sigurdsson. Talk about polarizing figures. How about Michael Bradley? Michael Bradley. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the fume would be so real. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, that's a tough question, though. That's, that's, yeah. that's tough. There, there, there are a lot of, man, U.S. men's national team, as yeah. far as young players, there's a pipeline building, building now, and we've seen that in some of the recent friendlies. Yeah. Um, very, very exciting. So, um, even though I can't come up with a particular name that I'd like to see at Everton, there, there's a lot to choose from. Well, I mean, you've mentioned some good talent there, man. Uh, Aronson's one I really have liked for a long time. He's a fun player. I don't know if he's physical enough for the Premier League yet. 
Um, but hey, there are players that aren't super physical that find a way to uh, carve things out. You know sure. what I mean? Like I, I was worried about Pulisic's uh, physicality. Um, well, I do think it it is giving him some. I do think he needs to work on his durability, um, and I think that's where a lot of the more slight players that come to the league, uh, that's where they kind of get found out a little bit is durability. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's where you'll see you, you almost need one of the more sturdy players. That's why I worry about somebody like a Gio Reyna, who is a fantastic player, and I definitely would want him at Everton. I'm just going to say it. I would, yes, fantastic vision. What a smart kid. What a smart player. Um, but, of course, it's a better investment if you get a guy while he's developing both physically and as a player. You know? Um, and as long as you've got him and he develops with you rather than trying to get him when he's a complete package and, and then yeah. it's next to impossible, especially for uh, maybe for a club like Everton to yeah, um, yeah to throw the cash at players like, like Pulisic or – you know, some of the some of the others that get to that level. But, and Gio Reyna is going to go for a lot, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to go for a lot yeah. of money whenever he leaves Dortmund. He's, yeah. A player that I think actually could contribute uh, if who, who actually is developing, though, is a player who just recently, I think he, he left uh, FC Dallas. It's Reggie Cannon. He's mm-hmm. a right back. Mm-hmm. And he plays in Portugal right now for Boa Vista. And he's a young right back. And I feel like he's the close, the right back version of Anthony Robinson. The closest thing at right back that I can think of right off the, you know what I mean? Just uh, mm-hmm. somebody who has more experience at that position. Uh, he's a good young player, but he's not, he's raw. He needs time. And that's what he's getting now. He's playing in Portugal now. He's, getting those minutes he's becoming more durable and becoming a better player so he's one of those who spent a lot of time developing you know in you know he was in the mls and mls Mm -hmm. is great but if you want to make the step up it really helps to have uh some years in a different league beforehand preferably in europe so i think it's a it's a smart but he's a player i would i would love to have uh because the good news is about a player like that they don't have to start coming in Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, somebody like Pulisic, though, you'd, you'd almost have to start him right out of the gate, you know, so there's a lot of good young talent, man. It's just there so many of them are being developed in the MLS, which is a totally different type of league. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a different animal altogether. It's so weird. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So that is a conversation that actually probably could go on uh, another hour if we really wanted to do it. Um, next let's move on to some transfer based questions a lot of transfer questions people um, it's almost like it's the transfer window or something <laughs> so weird um, Toffees underscore one asks will Aaron's come uh, then uh, Julian Q underscore 99 says Delhi Isco Aaron's, Erickson Aaron's possibly Donna Ruma in the summer uh, and then Oscar, age 16, asks, who do you want Everton to sign this January and next summer? Um, and then Alfie Vaughn, 10, asks, uh, do you think Bernard should stay or leave? Then, I mean, this is a lot. This is all transfer stuff, guys. Uh, yeah. uh, I guess it's 
Vartil23. I think that's it. I wrote it down in my handwriting. So sorry. Asks, uh, how serious is our interest in Ericsson, do you think? So all these are transfer. And then there's a, later, there's a question about Moise Keen that we need to get to. I think that's, a, that's just good conversation anyway. So let's mm-hmm. cover the others. And then let's get to Moise Keane because the others I feel like are shorter conversations. You know what I mean? Shorter because we're not sure what's going to happen or if anything's going to happen. Um, and we were, we were talking offline, Jerry, about uh, Carlo Ancelotti uh, in December, kind of throwing a little cold water on um, incomings uh, for January. Um, but the the interesting thing is, is uh, I was looking for that particular story. And when I Googled Carlo Ancelotti uh, incomings, uh, I, I, I got a lot of stories about Carlo Ancelotti when he was at Real Madrid um, talking about we're not having any incomings <laughs> in January. So I think I think Carlo likes to uh, either it's his way of deflecting those questions um, and he just wants to focus on uh, the upcoming match and, and not deal with answering those questions. It's entirely possible. Um, we know how tough January is. It's a really, really tough window. Um, I would love for Everton to build in some depth in January because I think it would be huge. Um, you know, if they bring in, if they bring in an Ericsson, if they bring in a Sammy Kadira, um, a Deli Alley. I, I love, the thing is, is I love all the rumors. Sign them all. I love all the rumors. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know how much we're going to see in terms of incomings. I think we'll potentially see some outgoings. We'll see um, maybe Chank Tosin, but I don't know. It depends on our striker situation now. Yep. Maybe that's changed. Um, Jared Branthwaite, uh, possibly with a, a loan to, uh, to Blackburn. That, that's, yeah. that might be a good situation for him. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm most intrigued, I think, by the Moise King. Um, and we can move on to that when you're ready. But that, that's, that's really what intrigues me most. I think the rumors are what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I do hope we bring in some quality depth. But honestly, I can't tell the validity of one rumor from another rumor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Carlo's not tipping his hand. Uh, so uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I sort of feel like I, I, I'm more lost now because of our recent form with our, our defense. I was thinking, hey, we're going to bring in a right back, won't we? That'll happen, right? Has to, right? And what's happened is we've got a, a very sound back line right now, <laughs> and, and we're playing a player who has played a lot of right back in the past, true. However, he is a natural center back. And it's sort of – we're, we're kind of doing things differently now. So I am more lost when it comes to our transfers. I almost feel like a striker is more likely now. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, the majority of these rumors are not strikers. They're not. You know? Um, Erickson, no. Deli Ali, no. Uh, Isco, mm-hmm. no. Uh, Aaron's, no. Don't remember. No, none of these are man and so 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where's the where's the striker rumors? Well, if we're gonna getting, bring somebody in. Yeah. We're getting Allen back soon. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're getting Jiba Mean back. I don't know. Is if he's I, I think he's still think he's a hologram, but um, you know, maybe maybe he's coming in. Um and you're seeing kind of this squad kind of become more flexible, more adapt True. adaptable as we kind of go on. Um Definitely need some cover at striker. I think the injury to DCL is something that we yeah. um, that we feared. It doesn't sound like this is anything serious, um, and we could see him back for the next match. Um, but it's a wake up call, mm-hmm. and I think it's a wake up call for the club as well. Got to have some cover at that position uh, for him because in this league, anything can happen, and with the way the fixture load is um as we've seen over the past few weeks um gotta have some some flexibility there um so are we going to talk about the uh the psg yeah. kid or yeah uh, is that a well, decent segue into the subject or do you want to uh, really really quickly i will mention aaron's who could be a fantastic player for us mm-hmm. i'm just going to say I hesitate to think we'll go that big with a purchase in January. Right. That's a big purchase for January mm-hmm. in COVID days. Okay. January, which is a complicated thing already. And then with the, with, with pandemic stuff, I hesitate to think we'll go, we'll pay that much for a player. I, right. I just have difficulty. I believing yeah. It. So, yeah. Um, so, Give me your uh, give me your keen info. What do you think? <laughs> well, um, I know he's enjoying himself in Paris, um, and he's you know he's he's appeared he's had thirteen appearances, nine hundred and thirteen minutes that averages to a little bit over seventy minutes per match, and he scored nine goals. I think it's nine, unless it changes by the day. It seems. Yeah. Um, and he's enjoying himself. I guess they just won a trophy. Um, he's playing with Neymar. He's in Paris. He's having the time of his life. Um, but from an Everton perspective, this loan has accomplished exactly what I would think Everton wanted it to accomplish. He's playing, he's scoring, he's gaining confidence, and he's still our player. Now, whether we can pluck him away from Neymar and Paris and somehow make him happy at some point coming off the bench for Everton um, and, and accepting of that role now that he's kind of gotten a taste of a little bit of stardom with with PSG, uh, it's kind of a difficult thing. And when you see numbers thrown out, like 31 million, um, then you start to think maybe he's a commodity and someone that's going to benefit us in other areas because of the return we can get for him. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's kind of a, it's a, gr- it's a good problem to have because I think either way, we have a valuable player that we can turn into other, um, other players or he's 
a promising young striker that we can have on our club. Yeah. I mean, so that's... I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he scores, I, I think that's, it's, it's just, it feels like an Everton goal to me. Every time, every time he <laughs> scores, it feels like an Everton goal because every time he scores, he benefits Everton. He either benefits Everton being increasing his resale value or sale value, or he benefits Everton in the future as a member of their club. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see the positives when he, when he does well. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, it's such a weird, it's such a weird situation, man, because ideally uh, he's a young striker, which is what we're thin on. Hmm. You know, we need him, but he's also a young kid who doesn't want to sit the bench. And let's be honest, he would have to be doing a lot of things in addition to what he's doing right now at PSG, he'd have to be doing a lot of like additional things here as well, because mm-hmm. he scores most of his goals with the ball on the ground, right? Um, Calvert Lewin is getting a lot in the air, and we're having to attack from the, you know, those those kind of crosses, you know, from the flanks. Balls coming in from Luca Dean on the left. Uh, Right. Yeah, you know, we need – and so right now, Calvert-Lewin is exactly what we need as a team, as a club. Uh, I always liked him because I was kind of like, hey, he's a different – he's totally different to Calvert-Lewin. We can put him in, and he's a different wrinkle, and no one's expecting it. and It's great. But I also didn't realize he wants to start now, you know, and he's super – He does, I don't I, – I get the vibe – he is really like I think he would be here if he was okay sitting the bench, like and not. I think he wants to be told, "You're my starter this year." And if mm-hmm. he's not told that, and I and I'm not completely sure. Like, there's something I admire about that, but also it kind of bugs me if a player's like, eh, "I I don't want to work my way through." Yeah, you know. Yeah. So if he so. If he doesn't want to go, you're fine with with selling him. Like, oh no, oh, sorry. If he I doesn't am. want to doesn't want to come back, you're fine with selling him. I am, especially if it's if it's at the numbers that we've seen. If that is truly his value, or if that's mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah, an, an agent trying to trying to boost some figures. Um, but he's clearly increased his mm-hmm. value. Yes. Um, with his performance uh, with PSG. So um, loaning him out was the right move by Everton, I think, because there was nothing happening with him. He was sitting there, so he was sitting there sulking. I mean, I'm assuming, but you can kind of, you can kind of gauge the body language and gauge the expression. Um, he was just sitting there um, so now he's playing, he's clearly enjoying himself, he's having success. Um, it, it's entirely possible that maybe they're bringing him back just isn't an option at this point. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm worried about, if I'm being, if I'm being totally, mm-hmm. totally honest with you. Because uh, initially when the, when the loan happened, I was like, he's going to be in front of goal 
a lot. He's going to get the chance to, you know, find, find his legs, find his goal legs, instead of sea legs, his goal legs, you know, being in front of goal. And then he's going to come back and he's going to be, he's going to have so much more confidence. He's going to be more polished in front of goal. He will have played with great players. I was like, this just is going to be a good thing if he wants to stay at Everton. If. And if not, he's going to go there, he's going to score tons of goals, and he's going to make us some money, and it will be an, have been an investment that paid off, and everything's okay. And I just mm-hmm. have to count on the fact that our purchases, for the most part, have been solid. And if we buy another player, probably going to be somebody that works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I, but the, the, the question, by the way, came from, uh, this is fun, uh, Bowsy Toffee Tits. And uh, that was the, <laughs> that was, that was the username. Uh, and and uh, basically the, the question was, you know, do we cash in on Keen now given the COVID climate? Because player sales, uh, you know, do, do, do we need to take that money now? Uh, buying and selling players not the easiest thing right now. Um, so I think it's a it's a very valid question. Um, and and I got to – do I think we can maybe get a little more than 31? Yeah, I do. Yeah. As, I hadn't I mean, considered the uh, the timing uh, with, with COVID and how that's impacting um, revenues and um, yeah. and the transfer market. That that's that that is an interesting point, and that's another. Um, if you're weighing the pros and the cons, or you're weighing, um, you know, bringing back or sell, that, um, yeah. yeah, it's possible that his value right now might not be higher. He he yeah. intrigues me because he's experiencing success at a very young age. And he's seeing his name in lights at a very young age. It's always intriguing to see <clears throat> how those players, what, what they end up, what they end up doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Romelu Lukaku at one point in his career saw, um, kind of saw his name in lights figuratively, you know, yeah. and said, I can be, I can be with a bigger club and I could win big things and I can be a star. Yeah, uh, but I I don't know if he saw that at Moise Keane's age. Um, so yeah, I'm intrigued by him. I think he he plays with a passion. There's a spirit about him. Um, but I also also think that he he does he has very high standards for himself. Right. Um, I also think he believes. I think he knows he's good, and there's nothing wrong with that. I right. think he knows he's good. And he wants to be somewhere where he can prove that on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think he got into a situation where, uh, you know, he comes, it's kind of, it's not the best timing, you know, uh, in terms of him coming to, to Everton. I think I, I think about Lukaku and Lukaku was scoring so much for us. You know what I mean? He was scoring so much. So he could sit there and, you know, he would he could potentially say, well, I think I'm bigger than Everton right now. And, you know, fans from other teams would say, oh, maybe he is. 
you know. But with with uh, Moise Keane, I think I number one, I'm not. I don't think he thinks that necessarily. I don't think. I think he thinks I just want to play, right? Mm-hmm. I think if he if he was starting for Everton this season at the beginning of this season, he'd still be here. So I don't think it's some some yeah. infer- like a lack of happiness at Everton. No, I think he just wants to play. He just wants to play. You yep. know, and I, I, I look agree. at him, yeah. he gets to play with Mbappe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you kidding? You know, that's yeah, line. Said, yeah. And, and, yeah, obviously he gets to play with Mbappe. He gets to play with Neymar. <laughs> um, and I didn't, by saying he's kind of sitting there sulking, you bring up a, a great point. Because to clarify, I don't think he's sitting there sulking because he's at Everton. He's right. sitting there sulking because he's not, he's not on the pitch at that and, moment. And, and he, he was asked to play. I got the vibe sometimes he was almost sulking on the pitch when he scored, like uh, he scored a goal in a cup match. Yeah. And it seemed like he was not all that enthused. And uh, some people were like, he's not happy. What's going on here? Right. You know? So I definitely saw the body language that you're talking about. I saw yeah. it. Um, uh, but also imagine you're coming in from another country and you're competing with another player that is from the same country and that player is the incoming starter and you feel you would almost feel like that player is getting more opportunities on the pitch than you are. It's almost like you almost wonder, like you would almost be thinking, gosh, I wish, I wish I had been given those same minutes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would be scoring the same amount of goals, you know, and maybe there's a sort of uh, resentment on that. You know, potentially, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I could yeah. see it. I, I don't think it's an unnatural human. Well, he's obviously a very competitive kid, and and again, yeah. there's nothing, there's nothing at all wrong with that. That's what you want. Yeah. Um. So he he wants the right he wants the right situation for him, and um, I don't know that Everton can provide him that currently because it'd be yeah. one thing if DCL hadn't developed as he has at his age. Yeah. Um, it'd be one thing if we were still waiting as we were, what, two years ago for DCL to yeah. kind of become something. Uh, it's really just kind of poor timing with Moise Keane. And maybe the signing of Moise Keane, you know, it's entirely possible that brands knew kind of what the end game might be with him. And maybe they didn't know for – maybe they thought – Maybe this guy could play a role for us, but if he doesn't, we kind of see an end game here. Um, you know, you you don't want to call these guys commodities necessarily, but that's the way kind of the business works, right? Um, yeah. He's a he's a great player and uh, uh, seems like a great kid, um, but you kind of look at it as um, okay, we're signing this guy. We know we have Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, and then DCL merges, and then they say, "Well, okay, yep. um, there's some value in in this guy." But but I think I, Evertonians were ready. We really wanted to embrace him. Just the yeah. Brands' interaction with his mom on signing day. Um, you know, my my pals at County Road with the banner. Um, the Evertonians embraced Moise Keane and really wanted to bring him into the family because they knew he went through yeah. a difficult time, you know, with the, the racist taunts. Um, so I think we were, we were ready to, to embrace him, but it's just a situation. It just didn't, it hasn't worked out now. Mm-hmm. 
maybe it will eventually. Um, we'll just have to wait and see, but yeah, it is difficult because we need a striker. Um, yeah. But, uh, but like you said, I think he, he wants to play. Yeah. He wants I, to be the guy. I wish, I wish he was cool with just playing with he can, because it's almost like, here's the funny thing, man. It's almost like we bought a striker uh, that is too good to be a backup. You know what I mean? Like he's too valuable to be a backup. And that's how we made a mistake. If we wanted to get a player that played, if we wanted to get a backup, we needed to buy, we needed to do a poorer job, a worse job of finding right. someone who is, you know, because he was too valuable to be a backup. It's crazy. This, this might be, this might be too, too broad of a topic to, to squeeze into this show, but is, is there a solution um, tactically to having Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Moyes Keane and, and getting and, and him and them playing regularly interchangeably is there is there kind of a solution there where you're playing kind of you're playing both of them i have no idea i have no idea i don't know a question for carlo ancelotti <laughs> you know it is it is i don't know because uh, I, I, I yeah because I wish I could keep watching him just shed defenders. That was my, one of my favorite things when he would get in, just to watch people like go in and try to body him and then just bounce off of him and just yeah. make like that Mike Alstott noise that, you know. Like you that. said, you, but I don't know what you, you know, you sacrifice defensively. There's a lot of other things to consider, but you, you know, you have DCL who's so good in the air. You have Keen who's so good on the ground and, how they could potentially complement each other. I don't know. I'm throwing out, you know, I mean, we had, we had Gilfrey Sigurdsson and James up front. I know. I know. And we beat Wolves 2-1. So now I'm all excited. <laughs> I want to experiment. I want to play two strikers. I want DCL and Moise Keane on the pitch at the same time. I would have loved right now, right? I would have loved to see us play around with him as a possibility when we were uh, messing around with like four three three early in the season, like really early. Um, I you know when we had everybody healthy, that would have been a time where it'd been like, okay, just be one of those one of those front three and see what happens. You know, yeah. let's just let's just let's just dabble. You know, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, I think both of us would say if he wants to go, we sell him. Period. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think with the caveat, my caveat is let's just be sure we're getting everything we can, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, uh, one last transfer question we did not mention, uh, or I mentioned, but I didn't actually uh, address. Um, it was Alfie Vaughn's, uh, do you think Bernard should stay or leave? Let's make this, uh, let's make this one pretty quick. Jeff uh, Bernard. What do you think about him real quick? Well, that's a difficult question to answer at this point, because at this point, um, I don't really want to see, I, I, I wouldn't want to see him leave because we need, we need depth. We, we, we don't really have yes. a choice in, in that matter. Now, if our situation changes and we bring in quality depth in, in January, we bring in, 
one or two players. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. What is Bernard's contract situation? I do not no. remember. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, Bernard's a great – he's he's a great piece off the uh, – I like a good Bernard sub. Um, but uh, he's another guy I is difficult to, to kind of read into. Um, is he kind of – is he happy in the role that he's in? I have the same questions. I think that's a great question because he he seems like somebody who who feels like he's good enough to start, right? Sure. But you don't hear him. You don't see a lot of the body language, though. You don't see mm-hmm. that. He seems like he's willing to work. Uh, yeah. He's willing to 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 be patient and deal. Uh, yeah. But I I don't I don't know. But I you do he keep comes hearing off these the, rumors. He comes off the bench with with a ton of energy, and yeah, there's no. Um, yeah, he, 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 there's no body language or no. negative kind of – no, he, he comes off the bench with a lot of energy, and, and, and so does Andre Gomes, who mm-hmm. was a guy who was starting for us, and now he's coming off the bench, and he doesn't seem to, um, to mind that. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, should he stay or should he go? Um, at the moment, we need him. Um, but uh, I guess we'll see how things shake out down the road. I agree with you. I want him to stay. Depth is one of the things we need right now. I feel like we just that when the idea of sacrificing a position for someone who's already like into the squad, um, and I'm trying to imagine a scenario where we upgrade on him in January, and I I just don't know if we're bringing anybody in who's going to bring the same spark because he does offer something different to other players. Mm-hmm. He comes in, there is a, there's a guile to his work, and not everybody has it. Hardly anyone has it, actually. Mm-hmm. And he's a tricky guy. He's clever. Um, is he, is he going to bang a bunch of goals? Not really, but he is an instigator. He makes things happen. What, what did we worry about with Bernard when he came in? <clears throat> we worried about how he would hold up physically in the Premier right. League being a small guy, right? Well, coming off the bench and p- playing the minutes that he's playing right now, that's not a, that's not really a concern. And he can mm-hmm. come in and he can just do what he does. There's no there's no fatigue issues. Um, he's not getting banged around. Right. Uh, he can come in and just do what he does with the ball and 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 maybe that aspect of it he kind of maybe he kind of enjoys, but but I'm sure I'm sure he wants to I'm sure he feels like he's good enough to start a lot of places. And, and I would agree with that. Um, yeah. If he, if he wants to leave, I would have trouble letting him go in January. Yeah. I just, I've got, cause like and, you said, how do you, how do you replace that skill? Yeah. Who, who, who do you replace that skill set with? It, it's somewhat unique. What he, what he brings. Yeah. Um, so, Anyway, and, and la- uh, something we haven't mentioned, but we should. He's got one of the best songs. Can't leave. That song's awesome. <laughs> right. My kids sing it all the time. All right? It's, yeah, we can't. Just saying. <laughs> uh, so last question. This one is a little more on the serious side. Uh, but, but yet it comes from, it's another one from Bowsy Toffee Tip. Toffee Tits. Uh, more and more teams are being affected by COVID. 
Um, and there's a longer statement here, but I abbreviated. But uh, the, the, the main question is, uh, should they pause the season? Because it's starting, we're starting to see a lot of delays in some of these matches. It's kind of throwing off preparation of teams. It's just some stuff is happening and it's yeah. getting, it seems as though it's getting more and more serious. So you feel like uh, a pause is in order. And the, the, here's the crazy thing. Like maybe you know more about how the situation in Britain than I do in terms of COVID right now, Jeff, I'm, I don't know if I'm super equipped to give an answer based on, you know what, like, cause I, just cause I don't know. You know what I mean? It's a difficult, it's a difficult question um, that we've obviously had to, to deal with here uh, with all of our major sports. Um, because on one hand you have the, um, the, the moral and ethical question and the, um, of the fact that your country is locked down um, and they're now in their, what is it, the second lockdown in the country mm-hmm. in England. And I don't know if Liverpool is, is in tier three now. I, I'm not sure where Liverpool stands at the moment. Um, so you're playing football and people are dying. It, it, and it's something that we've, we had to deal with here. And on one hand, people say you need, you know, the, the people need, they need sports. That's what we said in America, but we need our, we need our sports because we're, we're going mm-hmm. through all of this and we, we need our sports. Well, you, you really don't um, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but I think there's a way, there's a way to make it safe there's a way to play and make it safe. There's a way to, to keep, you know, your players and the players family safe as best as possible. As we know with this, with this virus, there is nothing that will protect you 100%. Everybody's being impacted, impacted by it. Um, By the way, they are in, they're in tier three. They're tier three now. Okay. Oh, it says they moved from tier two to tier three on December 30th. Okay. And, and uh, they, they joined the nation in lockdown. Okay. Uh, uh, so yeah, I just really quickly looked that up just so we could be yeah. Yeah. Uh, more up to date on that. Cause I was, yeah. And it's here. been difficult because, you know, fans were able to attend matches and then all of a sudden they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have more, um, disappointing stories with Kyle Walker and others um, violating protocol and um, endangering themselves and their teammates. And most importantly, their families, Uh, because people forget that the players that are infected, we think of it in terms of, Oh, you know, can they play? Can their teams play? And you don't, you don't realize that that player um, might have a wife and children who now need to be tested as well because, right. you know, he brought the virus home. Mm-hmm. Again, in most most of these cases, there's really not much anyone can do. We're all being impacted by this, you know. But when you when you hear about the players that are violating the protocols and 
putting themselves in that position as disappointing. So, but anyway, not to, I mean, we could spend, we could spend a long time talking about this. So it's, it's, it's a difficult question to answer. I'm glad they're playing football. Um, um, but yeah, there's always going to be that, that kind of uncomfortable feeling of you're playing a football match at, at Goodison park. And then outside, um, the people are, are, you know, at the homes right across the, you know, the people who live on, on Goodison road and it, it, there's nobody can leave their house because you're on lockdown. So it's just a very, it's a very surreal time. I hope, I hope they get the season in, um, but you have to do it the right way and you have to keep everybody, you have to keep everybody safe. Yeah. I, before hearing about, you know, Villa having an outbreak, uh, you know, and being, dealing with just a lot of people testing positive, evidently, uh, I would have said, no, let's not pause. Let's keep going where we're going. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if a pause is not the smart way to go. I don't, I don't really know. But again, I don't live there. So right. I just, it, you know. Yeah. So. And we have precedent here. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. we played, well, an abbreviated Major League Baseball season, but we got through it, had a mm-hmm. World Series. Um, we're going to get through, or looks like we'll get through the NFL season. We got through college football. Uh, it was mm-hmm. a bumpy road. Um, so there, there's a way to, there's a way to get it. There's a way to get it done. Yeah. You know, MLS had their, had their bubble and that seemed to, uh, that worked pretty well in Orlando. Yeah. Um, but there's no, there's no perfect, there's no perfect solution. Um, you know, I feel for the, for the stadium employees and the club staff, because those Mm -hmm. are the ones that are those people that's, that's their, their livelihood. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel for, and, and I made it a point to, and I know a lot of other Evertonians did too, that um, the guys that run the uh, uh, the souvenir stand out in front of Goodison Park, oh. I think they also sell out in front of, uh, of our neighbor's stadium as well. Um, and I know they set up a, a, an online, they have a, a website and we're selling their stuff on there. And I know a lot of Evertonians bought, I bought a couple of scarves, right. a great Holy Trinity scarf and another Dixie Dean scarf. But it felt good to help them out because those are the people that are really, that are really going through a hard time because yeah. they depend on those matches. It's one thing for the fans to not be able to go, and I feel badly for them, but but those guys depend on those matches happening at Goodison Park, yeah, on Saturdays, and um, it's impacted their livelihood. So it's different. It's difficult for for everyone, I guess, is the best way to kind of sum it up. Yeah, and I would say. Uh for me on these types of conversations, I don't know if there is a right answer. I think it would take a lot of time to discuss and, you know, pair things out to decide which is the most right for, uh, for the location, for the, for the people there, for the public, um, trying to work all that out. It's, it's tough because any answer that we give is going to be, uh, knee jerk based on information that we see, you know, and, and our experience is here in a, uh, across an ocean, yeah. you know? 
So um, anyway, uh, very fascinating. Uh, good question, by the way, to uh, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Uh, Bowsy Toffee Tits. Uh, I just want to say that's uh, that is, is a, it's a great question. Um, so that's the end of the show, Jeff. We're done. So uh, yeah, do you uh, do you have anything you wanna you wanna plug real quick? Just, anything? You know what? It it just isn't it a ton of fun to to just talk about what we're talking about right now with this club mm-hmm. and to look at the table and to look ahead of us in the table. We're looking up and we're not looking behind us yeah. uh, as we have at, at times over the past few years. To have confidence in your manager, to have confidence that the players are going to show up every match and, and put a shift in. Um, you know, it's, it's a horrible thing that, that – fans aren't there to see this club but if you look at the direction this club is heading and the commitment that everyone has to to achieving big things and Bramley Moore on the horizon um, that the nice thing is is that uh, yeah the fans are missing this now they're missing this initial period of success but this is just a start and when we come out of COVID and 40,000 are back at Goodison Park. At that point, I think they're going to see a complete, they're going to see the, the fruits of everyone's labor, and they're going to see that complete club. Yeah. They're going to see the quality depth on the bench. They're going to see a, a starting 11 that may be even stronger than what we're seeing right now. Um, and they're going to be able to celebrate a trophy together and put – COVID and everything else that we've dealt with in the rearview mirror. So um, it's, it's exciting. It's just a lot of fun to be an Evertonian. It's always fun to be an Evertonian. I shouldn't say that. It's always fun. Win, win, lose, or draw um, every day is an adventure. And that's, what's great about it. But, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun to talk about a win, especially the way they went about things over the weekend. So such good energy right now. It's really yeah. good energy this season, yeah. you know? I don't want to – you were talking about a pause. I don't want to pause the – we've got this <laughs> 10 days <laughs> where I think we, we have the cup we have the cup match, yeah. but, but we don't have a league match for, for 10 days. I don't want to stop now. <laughs> this is no time to stop. <laughs> oh. By the way, I just want to say, Jeff, uh, hearing you uh, talk about Everton, it's just like I was going to – sarcastically be like oh jeff it's a shame you're not passionate about it right i mean <laughs> no it's just inspirational you know i hear you talk about it, I'm like yeah he's <laughs> right i agree you know it's just uh yeah it's a ah love hearing hearing you talk like that it's just yeah it's a nice little nice little reminder i love it um so uh so Jeff, with that, uh, we're we're done. Uh, I want to say thank you to uh, to the guest uh, Jeff Walner here. Jeff, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. As always, just yeah. just love talking. Anytime, to you. yeah, ton of fun. So yeah, look forward to uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah, man. I uh, hope to have you on again soon. If nothing else, just to catch up, just to see how you're doing. You know, uh, you know, we can talk about the Ring of Power. <laughs> I will 
be doing some Google research because that's what I do. I do research. You don't so need I could to. be out of your your tough questions next time. You're doing fine. You don't need your hard to. your hard hitting football related questions that you stumped me on. <laughs> oh no, those would be too easy. Right. You would you would know those, Jeff. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, anyway, just to to get all the all the plugging out of the way. Uh, just want to make sure everybody, if you've been listening, if you enjoy what you're, what you're hearing and or seeing, uh, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues uh, podcast, but also the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. Um, lots of good content, lots of cool guys uh, who, uh, yeah, they, they know they're Everton. And maybe you just want to watch just to, just to argue with them. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Um, so uh, please subscribe. Also, uh, please uh, follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And also, uh, there's a Toffee Blues website where there's a lot of uh, written content on there as well. Lots of good stuff on there. Uh, and some, some contributors that show up on this channel often. Um, so, uh, last thing. There's my book, Randolph the Christmas Moose, available on Amazon. Please buy it, write a review. I'd appreciate it. If you've ever wondered what it's like for a moose to be inspired to do the job of a flying reindeer. This is that book. <laughs> no, in all honesty, it's all about uh, an identity, finding an identity and uh, empowerment and just not letting other people dictate uh, who you're supposed to be, right? Sounds a lot like Everton. I, honestly, it sounds a lot came, like Everton. It came from an Everton podcast. It came from the Toffee Blues, just saying. So. Yeah. Anyway, Randolph the Christmas Moves available on Amazon. There you go. That's the end of my plugging. Jeff, thanks again, man. Hope you have a good night. Thank you. I'll talk to you, talk to you soon, my man. All right. Take care. All right, everybody else out there. Uh, yeah, hope to hope to talk to you all soon as well. And uh, let's hope everybody's staying safe out there and ever to get to play again soon because uh, roll on the uh, positive mojo. Much love, everybody. Bye. <laughs>